This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Watercooler, episode number 205. Today's topic is the pros and cons of drag and drop in WordPress. Man, do we have a lot of people on the show today. Let's go around the room real quick. We go in alphabetic order. We slid Chris over to the middle. Now we have all of these other uh, Chris's and Bobby's and whatnots in front of you, Chris. My apologies. Alex, tell us all about yourself. Not a problem. I'm Alex Vasquez. Uh, I run a digital studio called DigiSavvy, and I'm organizing an event called Website Weekend. And I also uh, run a local WordPress meetup uh, called Pasadena WordPress Meetup. Nice. And you have great hair. Thanks for being on. What about you, Austin? Uh, my name's Austin. I'm a developer at a company in San Diego called Visceral. We work mostly with uh, nonprofits, cause-driven organizations, family foundations, things like that. Awesome. What about you, Bobby? Tell us about yourself. So I'm a WordPress freelancer. I design, I develop, I do really strange code. I do a lot of things in WooCommerce. Awesome. What about you, Chris Ford? My name is Chris Ford. I uh, am sole proprietor of Creativity Included, uh, and I am in the process of rebooting my website and uh, services, so stay tuned. You should hire JJ Abrams. <laughs> what? <laughs> Help you reboot. <laughs> Sorry. Chris Lemma, how about you? Hey, I'm Chris Lemma. I blog over at chrislemma.com. And if you check out the new Zeke.com website, you'll discover that uh, they've announced I'm also an advisor to Zeke, the organization formerly known as the one run by Steve Zengit, now run by Sarah, who's on the show in just a couple seconds here. Ooh. Awesome. What about you, George? Yar mateys, I be George, and I be wishing you a happy <laughs> International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh, I work with Jetpack by day, and I like the WordPress community by night. Nice. Is that today for real? That is for real. <laughs> what about you, Wes? <laughs> <laughs> if you live in the United States, if you go into Krispy Kreme oh, Donut today, you get a free donut if you talk like a pirate. Yes. <laughs> Nice. Just gonna follow that up. What about you, Russ? Tell us about yourself. Uh, long story short, my name is Russ. I work at uh, Web Dev Studios. I do support and uh, I do things here in Las Vegas with WordPress. Sweet. What about you, Sarah? Hi, I'm Sarah Weefald. I'm the production manager of Zeke Interactive, um, and things are cool. And oh, the o OC WordPress uh, Design Meetup. Uh, I facilitate that. That's gonna happen the first Monday of October. Awesome. Good to have you. How about you, Say? Oh, hey. I'm Say Reed, and uh, I make WordPress, love WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress, um, at Say Reed Media on all the things. And that is it. That's all I got. Awesome. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at jasontucker.us, and I tweet at Jason Tucker. Man, okay, so we got four minutes into intros. That was awesome. Good job, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> 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 so let's talk a little bit about drag and drop. Um, you know, this the drag and drop for me is a way in which you can take content that's on the page, take elements that are on the page, and be able to move it around. Um, we saw this very early on, seeing uh, folks like uh, Gravity Forms and stuff using this as a way to kind of move around elements within the back end to be able to move uh, various uh, form elements and stuff around on there. 
later on, now we've now seen where people are building page builders as well as full-blown website builders using um, drag and drop. And you know, after reading Chris's article last night and thinking, you know, this might be a really good topic to, to discuss this on, I thought, you know, let's see if we can uh, kind of address a little bit of those sorts of things and see what the pros and cons are for, for doing this. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a, inherently a very big difference between form builders and page builders. I mean, forms themselves are structured as consecutive bits of very defined, encapsulated fields, whereas pages and the way we want to structure pages can be any number of permutations and ways of structuring things. So trying to force that to break them down into individual content blocks uh, and then storing it so it always comes back up that way when you want to edit it later, assuming nothing else is edited via like the XML RPC API or the REST API or a mobile app or anything since, uh, and assuming like you don't deactivate the plugin, come back to it later and then have to pick it up again, and like interoperability between the plugins can cause, I mean, there's, they're really useful for a lot of users, but there's a lot of problems that still need to be worked out. <laughs> All right, see you guys later, bye. <laughs> Come on, because no, that's done. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's totally no. not. I mean, I, I think that I, I was just kidding. I think one of the things that you discover is that the way people think about building forms is uh, not all that far off from the way they think about building pages. Yes. So when they think in their head about their form, they go, yes, for my registration form, I need some contact information, then I need some event-specific information, and then I need some payment information. And when they think about their homepage, they're like, I want a slider at the top with a big or a big hero image, then I want some content, then I want a testimonial, then I want a strip of logos. I mean, they, they think in structure. They don't know how it works in the same way that they don't know how their form builder works. But frankly, they've never asked or wanted to know the depths of that. Um, and I think the, the point of, or at least one of the main points of my article is, we're playing in this game of overreach if we really think that end users have to become uh, conversant on what's happening under the surface of things. When I buy a couch or a chair, nobody tells me about centrifugal force. They don't talk to me about moments in physics. They don't talk to me about uh, counterweights. They don't talk to me about any of that stuff because I don't care. They're just like sitting it. Does it feel good? Does it look the way you want it to look? How would you like to change the upholstery on it? You want a different color? Boom, take your chair, buy it, move on. And we try and over-educate the client into understanding all the nuances of, of web technology when in fact they're like, I just want a pretty website. Yeah, and See, I don't actually think that designer, I think that users don't think the way that you're talking actually in that structure. Designers think that way. And I think that that is primarily what these page builders are for and where kind of the rampant misuse of the page builder is coming from. Because basically designers are using Visual Composer and whatnot to build these custom sites that are super complicated and then the code becomes like short code within a page builder widget within a row within a content page and it becomes something the user can't even deal with so i think it's actually the designer that's thinking in those chunks and really making the most of the of the drag and drop because even beaver builder it's it's actually more complicated than the average user wants or needs or can even deal with it's too many options well so I, I don't agree with that. 
Well, so one of the pros and cons that I use it for is um, when I'm doing like a post and I want every post to look the same, I would rather do it on the template side and use the, the post editor. But when I'm trying to do something specific with like a page or something, I would use a page builder because my pages are going to look different. Um, that's the, the pro and con for me. If I want everything to look the same, I'm going to do it on a template. If I want things to look different, I'm going to use a page builder to, to, to do it. And I don't think um, clients need everything done on the template. And I don't think clients need everything done in the page builder either. Alex, that's on Alex. Well, well, just to just to Say's point. Uh, so, I think it depends on the on the page builder. But one of the things that I do like, and I would say a pro of a of a good page builder is is the ease with which a, a client can go in and create a page template. Uh, case in point, I, I had a client who wanted a particular page template that was not in scope. And I said, well, here's what we can do. You know, I, I can build you kind of a full width template. We'll, we'll give you this page builder. And you know, here's a template, you know, knock yourself out. And they went in and they created like a really nice layout and they don't know how to code or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're a little more savvy than I would say the average user is. But you know, they, they were able to turn out around something without, without my help. And you know, so that was a win for, for me. And I've been able to kind of roll things out like that on, on subsequent projects since then. So that, that's one of the advantages that I've found. I mean, for a long time, people have, you know, been talking about WordPress and using WordPress. And the reason that WordPress is a great thing for the end user to have is because it makes everything so much easier for the client to manage. Um, and for a long time, it was in the space unchallenged. Um, but now, you know, there are a few challenges that are coming up, such as Squarespace. Um, and I, I don't know if you've ever used their interface, but they make it, you know, they've, they've got themes and templates and then a bunch of stuff that you can slot in to, you know, slots that they kind of pre-build for. So they, they, they give you a lot of choices, but they also limit the amount of choices that you can make. Uh, and that seems to give people, uh, you know, an experience where they feel like they have a lot of control and it's easy and intuitive for them to use. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that people are going to be able to see kind of what's happening there and what people are wanting to to have in a drag and drop interface, so that we can draw that to WordPress and everybody's happy. I, Alex, I think you're absolutely. Alex, how many hours did you spend drawing that, my man? <laughs> I, let's let Chris finish his thought there. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right, Sarah. And I think to counter Say's point, I, I have worked with a ton of clients who do think uh, dramatically differently than in the old paradigm of a page or a post. They think in content chunks, and those content chunks are like, I want a set of photos of all my team members, or I want a list of all these events, or I want, and they think of it in blocks of content, and then they even uh, will say things like, can we use this same design that we did for this chunk over here over in this page for this other purpose? And you realize they're thinking in chunks or content blocks uh, that they want to design their whole website on. Like if we designed it for the team page over here, why can't we use it for our support page over here? And then you start explaining, well, this was a custom post type and I did it on a repeater here and this is different over here and it's a different post in a page and they include. And they're like, now, now you lost me, right? The old WordPress paradigm was pages and posts. And I think 
today, people think about things in content blocks. And so when you build a theme or build a site using a page builder, and you give them those content blocks or the design elements with those content blocks that they can then repurpose in their site without you, you've now given them freedom, right? Freedom to not have to call you back to make a simple change. Freedom to create a new page that they hadn't predicted they needed when they launched their site without calling you back. And I think that is a core part of what I think they started with WordPress with in the beginning was this freedom to not need a developer the whole time. And we've evolved it into, well, you're, if you want to change that, you really can't change that because you need a SAS precompiler followed by CSS, followed by uh, something that's munging this and, and shrinking, collapsing this code so that it's high performing over here. Plus, you need to use this SEO plugin. And they're like, where'd the freedom go, right? So I think these page builders give that freedom back to people in a way that's really, really helpful and in line with what they started using WordPress for in the beginning. I don't know, but so, by the way, I, I agree with most of what you said. I was just talking about in terms of design elements, but I agree with the content block element that you're talking well, about. And here's I mean, the deal is the problem that there's a market for page builders. No, there's a huge opportunity there. I teach a lot of classes. I go to a lot of workshops. I went to one last weekend where someone showed people how to use Webflow to build a three page site in two hours and the designers there were blown away. So it's not like it's going away. That's the way people want to do sites. I mean, the problem is well, even better page builders. Even 2017 is doing like front end editing, so it's all moving in that direction. On you know, and that's that's kind of where the customizer and the widgets are. I mean, it's it's going in that direction in terms of these blocks. Widgets have been part of that, you know, since widgets were invented in like 2.8 or 3.2 or whatever it was in. But I think that what we're getting back to, what I, my point that I was making is more that. A lot of the, the product that is out there pretends to be easy, but is actually far more complicated. And so I feel like we're moving towards a simpler version of that, which I think is really great. And that will get us back to kind of what WordPress was and give us that freedom that you were talking about, Chris, because I think we've missed that. And we've put a lot of short code in between the user and WordPress. So I mean, a lot of this is more like, a freedom is slavery, like back to 1984 again, in that, yes, it may give you more freedom and you can do more things, but at the same point, it's giving you less freedom because you're in data lock-in. Yes, Squarespace may make it very easy, but you can't export your data and take it to another platform. Yes, Visual Composer may make it more easy to create some pages, but then you have to keep using Visual Composer. You can't Does just uh, dump that and go... Does uh, the and they want with like a five-page marketing site who just wants to get well, it Well, they built. should because as soon as their plugin but stops getting security updates, they? they're going to start getting vulnerable <laughs> and exploited, and that they need to own that, their own data so they can build a path for long-term growth and not just what works for me now, now, now. But is that, that a developer whether, perspective or a user one? That's actually what I'm saying because I think what we're developing here in general is more than one perspective. We're, these sites are, are like splitting into a, a, a bazillion different uses because people can spin up WordPress sites for anything. So someone might need a marketing website that's a landing page they don't need any of that data from. Or someone might be you know, creating a website that they're an expert on that they need that data and that blog and that content or that product list. They need that to make a lookbook. Who knows? So it really depends on your use case. But it's, uh, it's not... It's, it's no longer a one-size-fits-all situation. Not that it ever was, but it acted more like one before. 
Bobby, what say you? Things. A, a couple of thoughts on, on what we've already talked about, and uh, you know, the page builders are great, but a lot of the the code isn't reusable. So I can't build a page with this neat looking little team thing on it, and then say, oh, I want to use it over here, or I want to use it over here, or I want to use it over here, and have it ex look exactly the same because there isn't a save option unless you actually like save a template and build a page. It gets really complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the pro that I find helps me the most when I'm dealing with with a client is I can build out all these wonderful pages according to their design and have it look really great and if and then I can let them loose on like the not WordPress side but the page buildery layer side and they can start moving things around and say okay that's exactly how we want it can you replicate that so they still need me but they don't well, they just need you for a different level of expertise, that's all. Not for creating content, which is really what Chris was talking about, is all they're doing is creating content, whether it's their products or their services. People need the freedom to do that, to create those and put three blocks. Or maybe they added a new product because it's Christmas, so they're going to add a fourth block. They need that kind of freedom. But I, yeah, some some of the freedom, i.e. like Visual Composer and, and that direction, um, is, is too much because it becomes unwieldy. So b before like page builder and page lines and stuff like this, before um, there was actually a theme. It's on Theme Forest. It's called District, um, and it has a post type, and the post type is just called Layouts. And you go into the layout and you mock up whatever you want, and then you go onto a page and you just say, "Give me this layout, give me this layout," and you can drag and drop them in order. And if you wanted to change something, you change it in the post type, and then it changes across all all your websites. This is one of the easiest versions of this page builder. I think that this is what we should have strived towards instead of customize everything. I think you know it should have been handled by some kind of post type. Something it was like called so. it was called builder by iThemes, and the problem right. is that there's still too much abstraction. So a developer has no problem. You call it easy. The end user is like. I'm doing something over here, and that relates to a post type, which relates to how it gets published. Then I have to go to the website to look and see what happened. I, I think that is way too hard for people. And sure. on the flip side, what you get with something like Beaver Builder, which Bobby, you can actually save these uh, rows and, and configurations so that you can repurpose them. Um, in that scenario, they actually are clicking on the page and seeing the change they're making as they're making it, which removes all the cognitive friction that requires them to imagine or to extrapolate what their changes may mean. Um, it's, I mean, I, I work with nonprofits where uh, a, a church network, right, hundreds of churches, is looking at using uh, Beaver Builder and one core, one core theme because we pre-created a whole bunch of different rows. And so then they can say, ooh, let, I'm going to use this row for the team and this row for this and this row, and I'm going to just make tweaks to the names and the pictures, but the rest of it is sound, and they're able to do their thing. But you just described what I was saying. Like you would go into this post type and go into the post called team, and you would just change the name and hit save, and it would update everywhere where you use that team thing. Like it, it, it was literally the same thing, but it's being stored in, in a post type instead of in the drag and drop editor so that way if I ever lost that drag and drop editor my my team page still worked what's your take it's, okay. it's all good bring so it, bring it. Uh, yeah coming in at the end it's kind of weird because you know 
a lot of a lot of people got first dibs on the good stuff, so I'm just kind of picking up the scraps. Um, no, but I think uh, I think when you're talking like page builders, uh, there's a lot of I mean, when you're talking WordPress, there's a big range of people that you're talking to. There's end users, there's like hardcore developers, um, and we all want. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about something like page builders, it's very it's pretty controversial. You get the end users that think, oh, this is great, I can build my own websites, and then you get the developers that are like, oh, that thing is bloated, and it's just going to slow down the thing, the, the site, right? But um, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to knowing what the end goal is. If it's just going to be a splash page for a product that's going to launch eventually, it might work, and you can get something up and quick really easily, and then you can worry about scaling later on. If it's going to be a mom and pop shop that that doesn't have the, the money to afford a developer, you can get them started with some page builders um, that they can learn how to use and utilize and, and you know hit the ground running. Or if you're building for a big site that, that bloat is important or someone that doesn't want to touch the back end at all, you can build a more customized solution, similar to what Chris was saying with the nonprofits, that you, know, you can make it a lot easier. And some of those things take more tailoring and some of them take less. And it's a matter, you know, us, whether you call yourself a designer or a developer or an agency or whatever, it ultimately comes down to knowing uh, who you're creating this product for and what they're going to use it and what your options are. I think the other key thing is, and in, in knowing your end user is part of this, uh, and knowing also who the site is for and the purpose of the site, I totally agree. Um, but the the other part of it is future proofing because the tech world changes. You know, you may have noticed, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, every year things are different. You know, trends are different. All this stuff is changing. People, people's businesses change. People's blogs change. All of this stuff is always changing, and that is really the problem with a lot of these drag and drop builders is that you do get locked into something, especially if it's within a theme or if it's connected to a theme. Then you're basically in that ecosystem, and I think that's what what George was talking about. But you don't know. You know, it doesn't it doesn't allow you to go forward. But like like you're saying, sometimes I people agree. don't need that. Dude. I agree, but it's it's two sided. You have to understand what the final product is, and you have to understand what the tools that you're using are. And so, so the question is, the, the question is, do you think the problem with page builders is the point of inception? Like we built this site, and it's been six months, and now we're we're incepting this page builder, or should we have thought about this? before we built the site and incepted it on, on install or on launch. Maybe that's the problem is we built this site to do this thing and now we're introducing this kind of third party cowboy coding kind of thing and it's messing things up. Maybe we should have thought about this from the beginning. So maybe it's not the page builder itself, it's just when we introduce the plugin into the site. Well, well yeah, we, setting up a strong foundation. When we did a project for a very, very large organization, they had uh, a massive quantity of people that were focused on uh, content creation. And yet, they didn't want that content to just drop in anywhere and with, with any particular you know look and feel. They wanted some structure and containers, but they wanted options. And so, um, again, using something like Beaver Builder, we were able to create a custom module for them, right? Which is a, akin to like a a plugin that would let them pick which of the articles they wanted to publish, and then pick one of several looks, and then it would it would do it for them, right? And that ability to give them tools so that we didn't have to be involved later, right? They've now since produced hundreds of articles, right, and laid them out how they wanted to, and we didn't have to be involved, 
right? And but so, to, to that point, you're not letting all of those end users use the whole of Beaver Builder. You're still restricting it. You're like, here's some modules that you can use. No, no, no. They use those of that. modules. They use, they those use modules. the whole of Beaver Builder. They can they use do whatever they want in there. It's integrated into Beaver Builder. So they go into Beaver Builder, they say, oh, here's my new category page or whatever. Now let me pick this custom module that gives me my top mosaic and let me pick which of the five mosaic layouts I want and pick the post and boom, it's done, right? Are you configuring those for them before you hand it over, Chris, or are they configuring themselves? We created the module that does the layout work, the CSS and everything else, and does the querying to pull the posts, they get a little form in the module that lets them pick which posts they want or pick out of a category or the top commented ones or whatever, right? They they pick some, and then they get the, the layout and display, right? But that's <clears throat> I think you that's not the drag point, and drop though. out of the box, though. That's still, my, my you're point, using that to help, and then they have the freedom to do stuff, but you're still doing stuff to it. My point is, is that modern page builders allow you to give everyone all the things. It allows you to give constrained modules where you've given them extra code that they could never do on their own while also letting them repurpose rows of pre-configured design that they can use over and over again in different ways, plus letting them create their own when they have a need for a call out or a form or something that you couldn't predispose. It gives them all of that without having to know the code and it allows content people to use it, not programmer people, right? So marketing departments and business units get to use it. To use it. So that comes back to the nice core mission of, or the original point of WordPress being that you know content management. So this really allows freedom within that content management. Yeah, I think I think a lot of this stuff is already built into WordPress to begin with. Like for instance, template parts are there. You know, it's like we're already using some of these things, and we can totally use them as needed, right? Yeah, until you give a business person a template part. True. Well, I guess what I'm saying is it's it's interesting that that we're not leveraging those tools that already built that are already built into WordPress to be able to pull this stuff off. We're reimagining it by coming up with our own abstraction layer to be able to move these pieces around and stuff. Like uh, like post formats were. <laughs> yeah, like post formats exactly. Next week on Water Cooler. A whole rediscussion of post format. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, it's still there. It's like it's all there. Say maybe you could answer this for me. How does the media uploader work into all of this? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I mean, wow. there are some drag and drop builders that when you add the image into um, the widget or whatever format they have, that it doesn't put it into your media library. So there's that. There are some that do that. Well, that's about it, folks. Um, we're getting like a lot of echo. Echo <laughs> madness. And I had to mute everybody. My, my apologies. I think um, we're good right now. Yeah. I, well, I muted everybody. That's why. I just want to say that it's really apparent that George drank some Kool-Aid this weekend. But why is the rum always gone? <laughs> yeah, can we have can we have some more pirate talk from George before? Yeah, uh, before closing? It'd be a pleasure Tell being us, with yeah. you. Now go Give us off a summary of the grand meetup in a pirate accent. Uh, just today. What? No, you're not going to do that. That's cool. That's it, folks. Go to our website at. <laughs>
tpwarcore.com and click on the link so to subscribe. We do a couple shows over there. We do some on Thursdays as well as on Mondays. And if you really like this uh, particular episode, click the little thumbs up button. We'd appreciate it. One last thing. People have been asking, how do they leave feedback? And you can definitely leave feedback by sending an email to feedback at tpwarcore.com. That's about it, folks. I hope you enjoyed the chat that we stuck on the site. And talk to you later. Bye-bye. Ooh.